In less than two days, we flip our calendars over to a new, new month. New month. This is Lou Maglio from Fox 8 News. Were there any surprises in September? And what kind of October might we experience? I can assure you we can all glean the answers from the conversation between two meteorologists. Right here on Weather Jazz. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and even periodically, some interesting off-topic episodes. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 241. For Wednesday, September 29, 2021. And before we get into the introduction of today's topic, something I know you're going to be interested in, especially for Northeast Ohio, let me first of all thank everybody who is a Weather Jazz listener, a subscriber, and or supporter. Because as of today, we have, for Season 2, accrued over 50,000 downloads. What a landmark number, and now we're shooting for 100,000. Perhaps even by the end of the year, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But thank you, everybody, who is a listener, a supporter, and a subscriber. Well, today, we're going to delve into, specifically, Northeast Ohio, Most of our listeners are here in Northeast Ohio, but we have listeners all over not only the USA, but the entire globe. So if you're listening, you'll get an inside peek as to what's happening here in Northeast Ohio with Scott Sable. Scott Sable is our morning meteorologist on WJW Television. I often refer to him as our stats guy because this guy gets into the weeds gets into the numbers, but does it in a way that clarifies what we're indeed seeing in the weather pattern. It is a real gift. And so periodically, I love having Scott on where we have essentially a weather nerdy conversation between two meteorologists talking about the pattern. And by the way, these episodes are very, very popular. And again, I thank you for that for taking the interest, not only in weather, but weather science, earth science, and even some of those really off-topic episodes that we carry periodically. I'll talk more about Friday's episode coming up. Open Line Friday is just two days from now. I've got something very special to tell you about. I've got a very special episode lined up, and I'll give you a little more of an inside scoop as to what it is you'll be hearing on Friday in just a bit. But right now, let's get to the conversation at hand. Scott Sable and I talking about Northeast Ohio weather in September and what to look forward to in October. Hey, Scott, welcome to Weather Jazz. Andre, how's it going? It's been a little while. 
Yeah, it has been. Uh, but um, I thought it was high time to bring you into the mix and talk a, a little bit about, well, medium-term forecast. We uh, will still reserve that winter weather outlook one for another month or so. We're still looking right. at things. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But right out of the starting gate, I wanted to talk about September and what kind of a September that we had and what was uh, what were some of the things that really struck you as we're getting ready to close out the month of September and... How did we do in terms of a medium range forecast for the month? Well, it's interesting. You go back real quick in history in September and, you know, in the last five, six years, we've had a lot of September heat. And of course, that's probably fresh in a lot of people's minds. But what struck me was that it's almost like right when around Labor Day, around that time, it's almost like a switch flipped and the pattern, instead of it being incredibly humid, um, we had I'm just looking at the numbers here. We had six straight days with temps in the 70s. I mean, mm. right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, you know, we did have a couple of days up into the middle 80s. Uh, we hit 89 on the 14th. But really, you start to see, and, and I think what stuck out in my mind is, of course, the, the switch that flipped early on. But we started seeing more intrusions of cooler weather in September, uh, which gave us the interruptions from any sort of brief warmth that we had. So I think we started seeing that and the frequency of these cooler intrusions, you know, became a little, um, uh, oh, became more frequent, right? We had the heat in the middle of the month, but, you know, we've had a lot of cold, relatively speaking. I think that's what stood out in my mind. The other thing is the lack of rainfall. I mean, we had the big rain day. It was back on the 22nd. We almost had two inches of rain. But beyond that, you remove that from the equation and we had less than an inch of rain for around an inch of rain for the month, which is, again, exactly the opposite of what we had through most of the summer. It's interesting how one event like that, like September 22nd, and we were in North Carolina enjoying uh, some beach time, but we were looking at this uh, amazing rainfall. We missed it all, thankfully. Sure. But it's amazing how one event like that can just really blow the curve. You know, and it's interesting because, um, and not to get too deep in the weeds, but that's what we're doing, right? You look at the computer model projections, and all of a sudden we're seeing three, four, five inches of rain on the model projections. Now, usually when that happens, my red flags go up because usually something's weird because in order to get that type of widespread rainfall, at least around here, you need some sort of tropical system, something that can inject moisture to produce that much rain over a large area. And so, I, you know, and it, we ended up going, we ended up verifying, I think, I think well under that number. But um, again, there's an indication of, uh, of experience too. We looked at that and sure enough, the models were way, way too high, but I mentioned on the air the day before, even if these numbers are double what they're mm -hmm. supposed to be, we're still going to get a lot of rain. Mm -hmm. And we ended up with 1.9 versus 3.8, which would have been double that. That's still a lot of rain. So, right. um, you know, there's experience and, and that system, which it invariably it, it moved, it stalled, it got pulled into like this cutoff low over the Great Lakes. And it was something that, again, we hadn't seen in a long time, something like that, that moves slow and, it ushered in cold. The next day it was 59 degrees. That was the first time we had a 59 or a temperature in the 50s since I think the middle of May. Yeah, that was the day that uh, we returned 
from North Carolina mm-hmm. after four days with highs in co- even coastal North Carolina in the mid 80s. Right. We had overnight lows near 70. And here we are driving north and we're thinking, wow, this really feels brisk. Mm-hmm. It did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and it was and it was windy, too. So it was 59 with a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh boy, this, you know, you were hoping just looking at this from an outsider's point of view, this wasn't the, uh, the end of, of, of the warmth. And, but you know, we made it up into the eighties. I think what was it uh, yesterday? yesterday we hit yeah. the 27th. So. Right. And yeah. that was only four degrees away from the record for the date, which was 88, which is interesting. Right. Exactly. Because we're, yeah. We're getting so late in September now that uh, those record highs are now staying under 90, which brings mm-hmm. me to this point that Tracy McCool uh, Tracy McCool, uh, way back in, I think it was late August, saying, oh, we're going to hit 90 again. And I said, I don't know. So Gabe Spiegel and I uh, sided with, nope, we're not going to hit 90 anymore. And uh, she said, well, uh, we're going to hit 90. And, and there there was an ice cream bet. Sure. Place. Nothing so, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Sure. So it, it, you know, we were very uncomfortable with that 89 degree high. And Tracy likes to point out the fact that uh, Burke Lakefront Airport hit 90 that day, 91, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, that's not the official temperature. That's at Hopkins Airport. And it was 89. Sorry, no cookie there. And uh, so it looks like, especially nowadays, when we're getting so deep in the month of September, Tracy uh, owes Gabe Spiegel and I two separate pints of Mitchell's ice cream. Wow, so, that's yeah. that's a good deal. That's just not a cone. That's that that's that's a lot of ice cream. Don't a don't eat it all in of one ice day. Cream. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So of course, it's I'm, funny. Go I'm, ahead, I'm reserving a uh, uh, a jar of caramel just for that event. So. Absolutely. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny because AJ Colby, one of our colleagues, um, you're talking about 90 degree days and he put together every, every, the beginning of every month, we like to do, uh, you know, um, a, a glance at the month the you know, mm-hmm. the highs and the lows and the records and stuff. And uh, on one of his graphics, and I remember that a couple of years ago, we hit 90 on October, might've been the second or the third. It was like the only time or one of the only times we hit 90 in October. Right. So it, it can't happen, but man, that is one of those anomalies that, um, and might go right into your next question, where this pattern just doesn't seem conducive for anything like that. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, so uh, we will take a short break right here. And when we come back, we will address what the people are really interested in as we look at October. And eventually, we'll get to the winter weather outlook, too. That's still in development. But uh, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about October. And we're back, and let's talk about October now. A lot of people are interested now that October is looming literally just a few days away from starting. And what kinds of parameters, what kinds of uh, indices are you looking at in order to get a good feel for what October is going to bring? Because this summer, and I, I preface that because I say this summer, the one indice that seemed to be driving or in the driver's seat most of the time was the PNA this year. And that was maybe a little unusual. Uh, are we looking at the same thing? What, what are we looking at this, uh, this October? 
That's a, a great question. So what I just looked at yesterday um, and uh, and I did some some looking was this recurving typhoon, um, which is near Japan. A lot of times these typhoons move east to west in the Western Pacific. And mm-hmm. you're probably wondering, wait a minute, you're looking at, at Japan. What does that have to do with our weather here? Well, depending upon how these typhoons move out there, if they recurve, in other words, if they go west and then all of a sudden they curve around and then head more northeast, east of Japan, sometimes, not always, but that can be an enhancer of a pattern that might end up shifting cooler eastern half of the U.S. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. It's it's not like, well, this happens, therefore this happens. It can be an enhancer of a pattern that might be developing. So it's something that we've been watching here over the last couple of days. Um, but looking at the, the, the model projections, and again, you go, talked about the PNA and what's happening now in the, uh, in the northern Pacific and all that. I think the first seven to 10 days of October, I think we'll probably trend near or slightly above normal. We'll probably end up having these clipper systems come in from the Northwest like we had here this morning and like we had late last week. So could we end up with a couple days above 80? It's possible. But like you said, we're heading into October. It's even hard to generate long stretches of days above 80 degrees. So if anything, we might be looking at more days in the 70s with a few days in the 60s mixed in there, which isn't bad for the first seven to 10 days of October. Beyond that, Something I think is what is we're going to watch here, especially for our winter outlook, is the La Nina, which mm-hmm. is developing. Aye. That was part of our uh, last winter. It kind of went neutral, and now it's starting to build again. And so the question now remains, does that La Nina pattern start to surface? Does it drive that southeastern ridge, which was very apparent in the summer? Uh, it didn't go far enough north to keep us extremely warm, but allowed the track on those storm systems to come through the Ohio Valley. That's why we had so much rainfall. So will we end up with La Nina starting to drive mid to late October? Um, and will that allow for more intrusions of cool? That's the big question mark. There's one other thing that I just noticed today. And over the last couple of years, I've done some research on this year, along with some other people. It's when you end up having um, low pressure in the Gulf of Alaska or in the Bering Sea. Uh, a lot of times, if you start seeing lows come over Asia and it just kind of just kind of going a roller coaster, right, just feeds this Gulf of Alaska alone. Mm-hmm. It's one after another. And then they start to travel into the wet into Western Canada. When it becomes that progressively trophy pattern up there, that's something that you have to watch because if that becomes more progressive, we end up, we might end up seeing temperatures start to trend below normal, maybe around October 20th, the second, maybe seven to 10 days of the month. So if I had, if somebody had to say, look, here's a million dollars, what do you have to, I think, I think near slightly above normal first half, and then we'll start to see more colder air intrusions, probably the second half of October. And we have seen snowfall, at least on the east side in Mm -hmm. Geauga County, as early as uh, the first weekend in October. I still remember 2000 getting ready for the Woolly Bear Parade and waking up that (laughs) Sunday morning, and there was two inches of snow on the ground. And there was sleet and and hail, even uh, close to Sandusky that particular day. Well, it wasn't exactly the most comfortable woolly bear uh, parade we've ever uh, enjoyed. So it can happen, but um, Mm -hmm. chances are we're going to have to wait until the latter half for those first few snowflakes uh, in October, even on the east side this year. 
Right. And, and the lake water temperature, by the way, is running uh, not only above normal, but it's running pretty warm right now. Mm-hmm. And usually the lake responds, obviously, to the to the air temperature like it did, um, you know, in the summer. It was consistently warm, not blast furnace warm, but it was consistently warm enough. And the overnight lows were warm enough to keep the lake very warm. So that's setting the stage now for late October into November, where unless we get some sort of big time smack of cold air, that lake's going to be running real toasty warm uh, with which again could drive some lake effect heading into November early on. We'll we'll have to see if the pattern you know is conducive for that. Yeah, that that one's always uh, the fly in the ointment that can ruin right. a uh, a long term forecast. Uh, we all mm-hmm. know of those times where a warm Lake Erie and some very cold air in November has resulted in some very interesting. Uh, uh, Winters, or at least early winters, 1996 being one of the, the record breaking. I remember so, that. Yeah. I, I, by the way, that was that one year. I think I've told you the story where I was working at Berkeley for an airport and I didn't sleep for 62 hours. Right, right. That's, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're young and like, oh, I can do that. Well, you know, I did it, but man, there's no way. I, I yeah. look back and man, man, was I dumb. Yeah. Why did I even think about doing that? But you had to do it because it was consistently snowing. It was one right. after another and mm-hmm. I had another job. And before you know it, it's, you know, it's Tuesday evening and I hadn't slept since Sunday morning, but wow. that was a big event. That yeah. was a big event. Well, memorable to say the very, very least. I still remember uh, that particular year uh, I was uh, working with Bill Martin and Bill mm-hmm. Martin lived on the west side, far west side, like uh, Olmsted, right. Olmsted Falls area. And of course, I was shoveling about 39 inches of really <laughs> wet, heavy snow. And that was just half of what they got in Chardon. Mm-hmm. But right. still, our roof was creaking and groaning and not liking the weight. So I was up there shoveling the snow off the roof, called Bill Martin, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm shoveling snow off my roof. And he started to laugh. And he says, I'm playing putt-putt on my lawn. I, there's not a flake of snow out here. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That mm-hmm. was that was a crazy, crazy event. But, um, well, um, you know, so we'll see how it goes. You know, like we always say, though, you know, that w- the, the season prior, like summer, isn't necessarily an indicator of what's going to come in fall mm-hmm. or winter. You know, if you have a blast furnace hot summer, that doesn't mean we're due for a cold winter. It, I, I wish the atmosphere worked like that. So I wouldn't use the this extremely humid summer as a as a as a barometer, no pun intended, for what's coming here this winter. But we'll it, talk more about that in the in the weeks ahead. Yeah, yeah, it, it would make life a whole lot easier for us. But for it meteorologists would. trying to figure out a a seasonal forecast, it's just a just a whole different animal. And we are still mm-hmm. working on that. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. the the wheels are in motion. And uh, it looks like we have La Nina developing. We'll mm-hmm. have to wait Correct. to see just exactly how strong that uh, will develop here in the next few weeks. That's only one of many, many indicators that we look at for the winter weather outlook. It is not only El Nino, La Nina, or La Nada, which would be nothing or, or neutral. Sure. But it's just a whole lot more than that. And that's why it takes yep. so much time to put uh, something together. So we're still working on that. Uh, mm-hmm. It appears as though we'll have something ready at the end of October or early, early November. And uh, we'll, of course, bring that to you right here on weatherjazz.com. And for those of you mm-hmm. uh, in the Cleveland TV market, uh, that's probably, I believe, let me look at my calendar uh, because I think it's going to be October the twenty. A that I think uh, you're right. I think I had that in my calendar too on the 20th. October That's a Thursday, 20th, isn't it? Yeah, it's a yep, Thursday. There you go. First mm-hmm. Thursday. It's the last Thursday in October. 
And uh, traditionally, that's when we unveil the winter weather outlook on the TV side. And what we do is we do it there first. And then on Weather Jazz, we'll kind of unpack it uh, and and give it mm-hmm. a lot more time. Because in, in the TV world, we literally have two or three minutes to tell the story. Sure. Where here, we can kind of relax and, and go into the nitty gritty. And as I like to tell all of our listeners... We like to get weather nerdy. and Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's really nuanced, too, these mm-hmm. seasonal outlooks. I know people like to think of them. Oh, wow, gee, it's going to snow and cold be cold. Yeah, but to what degree is right. always the question. No I always use intended. this example. Exactly right. It, it, that's the second one I had in this. I said the barometer and the, and the yeah. temperature thing. Um, the uh, you know a seasonal outlooks are kind of like making your grandma's casserole. You can she can make it and it can taste great. You can have all the ingredients lined up, but you mess up one little ingredient and it can taste totally different. That's how I visualize uh, winter or seasonal outlooks. Mm-hmm. So that's why we talk about the dozen or however many uh, different variables we're, we're working on, and we'll see what happens. And those ingredients have to go in in a certain sequence, too. And mm-hmm. so if, if the sequence goes off a little bit, the taste of that casserole is going to be completely different. You bet. Scott, <laughs> thanks for joining me. And it's always a pleasure. These episodes are always absolutely huge. Apparently, they're shared a lot. And uh, so we'll see where the winter weather outlook one goes. I'm sure that one will also be a weather uh, a winner. And incidentally, as of uh, the time I returned back from vacation, season two has over 50,000 downloads uh, on Weather Jazz, which, and again, I thank everybody who is a subscriber or uh, at least a fan or a listener of, uh, of Weather Jazz. 50,000, does that make Good you stuff. nervous? That makes me that makes me very nervous. Exactly. I just I need to get new business cards with uh, with weather jazz on it or something. Get a yeah. little pin. Yeah. Saying 50,000 and growing, growing more right. every day. That's good. That's yeah. excellent. How many episodes do you have, by the way, total since this, you started this back years ago? Uh, this will be 200 episode 241. So wow. but that's that is just uh, season two. There, oh, OK. There okay. are about 100 episodes in season one. But season one was a little different in that mm-hmm. uh, I produced a, a program whenever there was something interesting. And sometimes there were long periods where I just didn't unearth anything interesting. But now we're on right. a very regular pattern. Meteorological Monday, Science Wednesday and Open Line Friday. And that can literally cover anything and everything. And last week right. we talked, or the week before, we talked to Gunnar Gunnarsson, a pastor uh, up in Iceland that I know, and we talked about ministry. So, I mean, okay. it can go anywhere on Friday, but Monday and Wednesday, it's either weather or science most of the time. And You know, you uh, mentioned Iceland because I, I, I've seen pictures of lenticular clouds mm-hmm. up in the mountains. Sometimes you see that. And um, uh, I believe there was a lenticular cloud. I saw some, one of our producers took a picture of it and I saw it on social media here in northern Ohio mm. on I think it was maybe was it yesterday or Sunday. And they said, what is this? It looks like a UFO. I said, no, that's a lenticular. It looks, you know, it looks like a like a UFO. And then it quickly dissipated. So if you have a chance to begin to work, check it out. I don't have a copy of it, uh, um, but. If anybody out there has a has a picture of a lenticular cloud from Northern Ohio, we'd love to see it. <laughs> I heard about it, and uh, I think AJ was making reference to it when we spoke okay. yesterday. He said that somebody sent him a uh, a phenomenal image of a cloud uh, that right. he was able to to share on the air uh, 
uh, either last weekend or, or somewhere in that time frame. I bet you it was the Alto Cumulus Standing Lenticularis. That's uh, you got it right. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. sounds like uh, sounds like one of those old uh, Roadrunner cartoons when they would freeze frame the coyote and they'd say, <laughs> you know, right. what he's going after. The, and it's something in Latin at the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your week ahead. We will catch up with you, if not sooner than that, uh, mm-hmm. sometime in late October or early November when we unveil the winter weather outlook. Looking forward to it. Scott Sable, morning meteorologist on WJW Television. Check him out every single morning, Monday through Friday, beginning at 4 a.m. through 10 a.m. And for those of you outside of the Cleveland market, you can go to fox8.com click on the live tab from 4 a.m to 10 a.m eastern time and check out his segments well i hope you enjoyed today's episode help me to spread the word on social media on email or just over the fence to your neighbor face to face that's my favorite because you get that special connection and they're more likely to tune in if you really really enjoy this podcast Get the word out, and I certainly appreciate your help. If you have a question or a suggestion, I welcome your input. You can reach me. Weatherjazz at yahoo.com is my email address, and you can also leave me a voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. Leave me your message, and I might even use your message in a future podcast. Now, coming up, On Friday, Open Line Friday, right here on Weather Jazz, I have a first-time guest who is an expert, an expert on something that's going to be happening very, very soon here in Northeast Ohio, but something that is already happening right now in parts of the USA. I'm talking about the beautiful fall foliage color that is now beginning to develop in many of our deciduous trees. As Dick Goddard used to say, only 12% of the Earth's land surface ever gets to see this fall foliage transition. So we are definitely in that blessed category. My special guest will be Jeff Folger. He lives in New England and has been writing about fall foliage and the fall foliage season for decades. He writes for many, many publications and frequently makes an appearance on many media and news outlets, not only in the Northeast, but elsewhere. And this year, he makes his debut on Weather Jazz. That will be on Friday. That is surely going to be a very, very interesting segment, especially if you enjoy the fall foliage season. So we'll see you soon. In fact, on Friday, with that Open Line Friday episode right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.